0: What's up everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. Now is the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during Red,
1: White, and Blue Savings at The Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever with the best deals online and in-store. You can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.
0: Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today we're back with part two with our interview with Barry Brewer.
1: So someone that wants to become a scrum master or an agile coach or a lean sensei those are the kinds of um, firm skills
0: that we want to impart and transfer there at church and state this is another episode of our innovation and leadership series where we interview pro athletes world-class musicians ceos hollywood filmmakers and a wide variety of other high achievers before we get rolling i want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors i met these guys back on episode six ceo zach smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid, combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let him become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper. But... Uh, i don't love bookkeeping at all so i want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff i don't understand uh probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me though the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also um so totally suggest checking them out go to their website bookly.co and check out their flat rates i've been super happy with them so now on to today's episode He's an entrepreneur, he's a philanthropist he's uh, passionate about education. Uh, he grew a medical business uh, from scratch to an exit of and 250 million dollars. Uh, if you want to hear more about that, please tune in to part one um, of his interview that we uh, have already recorded but uh, Barry, we've been talking about church and state and this um, kind of this new uh, direction you're taking. I know you uh, obviously I'm a big fan of, of Ron and June down there and Thomas. And you were around back before the business incubator idea was, uh, was an actual thing. And now you've decided to take a bigger role uh, of using your hours to really take this to the next level. What was that decision based on?
1: Oh, I think the vision that Ron, Thomas, and June have um, coalesced with here is one that is intriguing to me. Uh, It also has a great deal of purpose attached to it. And at this stage in my life, I would love to be involved in something meaningful uh, that will make a difference in other people's lives. And so where there's uh, an opportunity to blend profitable enterprise with a nonprofit cause, I'm all
0: in. Yeah. Well, well, certainly, I mean, you've had this outside success in the business world. Then, you know, for the last 20 years, you've done these things like support orphanages in Ecuador or helping with microloans and community sustainability in East Africa, Uganda, and Ghana, and these places. Um, I know that, you know, you and I have had these conversations about the role that education and entrepreneurship could be in in helping these people. reach a new level of economic stability and and be able to have more services in their communities. Um, Talk about what you think, tell us about that and and why, you know, you feel like church and state is moving that direction and how how helping entrepreneurs here at home relates into all of this, uh, you know, philosophy and and desire to help that you have.
1: Oh, sure. Well, thank you for the opportunity to chat about this. Um, First off, little background on church and state. So this is a very unique um, model in that the terminology incubation um, is, has been utilized by a number of different uh, incubation slash business centers throughout the U S where church and state is more of a entrepreneurial resource center than a typical incubator. And we launched this in 2014. Um, and it's, again, we brought together a uh, And it, it's kind of
0: a unique model. It's not your, it's not the same format everybody else does. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and the reason is because it's this uh, nonprofit reaching out and connecting with the different parts of community from startup founders and investors to university, higher education, policymakers, and other nonprofit organizations, we have the capacity to administer efficiently over grant funding, which helps our member programs grow through a model that is focused on intensive skill building and sustainability. Now, our member programs here at Church and State follow a plan designed to equip them, the members, with the expertise and information they need to run their organizations efficiently. Uh, We we try and uh, help them by introducing Agile Lean project management framework. And we're committed to identifying and fostering social entrepreneurs for making a difference with under-resourced communities. We like to promote self-sufficiency, hope, and purpose. Now, the interesting part of this, again, what makes Church and State unique is our mission is to be a global entrepreneurial resource center, not just an incubate or accelerate. We wanna elevate entrepreneurship through the alignment of public and private resources. And as we do that, We want to inspire community innovation. You know, we have a lot of people come in the the doors and say, gee, I've had this idea for three years. I just haven't had the means or the wherewithal to bootstrap this. So we want to help them uh, by, again, showing them the proper starting point, which would be an agile lane startup. Um, and introduce them to these principles and practices. You know, this whole idea is to stimulate economic growth. And we also wanna attract out-of-state enterprises and help create new jobs here at home, um, right in our community. Our vision really is to be the trusted organization that aligns business, government, not-for-profit entities, and centers of education with entrepreneurs who drive technology commercialization. And that's kind of a sweet spot, Jess. We, we want to be very instrumental and help facilitate technology commercialization, whether that's education technology, whether it's medical technology, whether it's media technology, you know, whatever. Um, it's going to go through multiple verticals or we'll, we'll help those entrepreneurs that are you know, located in multiple verticals. The CNS activity supports and launches, and we grow this technology-based startup companies by delivering on three core pillars of support. And this is what intrigued me when Ron and Thomas and June uh, talked to me a few weeks back. Is they said, well, you know, we're now going to focus on these three pillars of support. One is education. We're developing educational programs that will be kind of categorized in the soft skill area, firm skills and applied skills. And I'll go into that uh, in a little more detail in a minute. But the second pillar of the support is community development. So we want to continue creating this sense of community that, you know, we have people that have gone through the software bootcamp, DevPoint Labs, and they continue to stay in touch. Uh, they continue to come to our events. And we want to just stay in touch with those people and find out, You know, through this networking, where the opportunities are for every stakeholder, every member of our community. The third pillar is events. You know, we have a great facility there, um, 21,000 square feet, and there's a large enough, uh, uh, well, actually, a couple of meeting areas there, but one in the chapel that'll accommodate approximately 350 people. And so when we uh, entertain, some of these events, um, uh, like whether it's a meetup event for a technology group, or it could be, um, a networking event, whatever it is, you know, we want that to work well for everyone, for all participants. So anyway, that's kind of, uh, a, a sketch, an overview of, of how this works. Now, let me just get into a little more detail on the education portion. So, I mentioned the soft skill, the firm skill, and the applied skill. Well, the applied skill is that, um, like a software boot camp that teaches coding, teaches software engineering. So, if someone were to come out, a student were to come out of that uh, three-month full-stack program. They would come out with the skills and competency to get a, a nice paying job you know a reasonable paying job and then from there they could build on their um, competency as a junior developer. the firm um, skills we define as skills in project management, so someone that wants to become an Scrum Master, or an Agile Coach, or a Lean Sensei. Those are the kinds of um, firm skills that we want to impart and transfer there at Church and State. Uh, Soft skills, well, you know, you have a background in that with uh, teaching proper mindset, um, you know, teaching social skills uh conflict management skills those kinds of things uh, would be in the soft skill area
0: you know i'd i'd be interested to talk about that for a minute um you you one of the reasons i was excited to have you on the show is you're just one of the (laughs) you're one of the happy people that i know like you really seem to enjoy life and you seem to enjoy people in general and You know, in entrepreneurship, I feel like there's a lot of temptations for us to focus on ourselves. And you have, like, a natural kind of, like, magnetic personality and a big, I mean, part of it is your big smile when you're meeting somebody new. I think more of us have a bit of the opinion when we meet somebody that, you know, will prove to me who you are and why you're worth my time. But talking to Barry, like, you're kind of, like, excited, excited for life, excited to meet new people. I mean, even taking the boot camp yourself, you know, the dev boot camp. Um, how would you describe your philosophy on interacting with people? Because it obviously has done well for you. Oh,
1: (laughs) well, that's kind of you to say. The truth is I am a lifelong learner. So, Jess, I'm still trying to find my way in life, but uh, I feel so blessed to meet people like you along the way. And the truth is, I think that it's a matter of perspective and attitude, you know. Like one of the, I've needed an attitude adjustment all along the way. I didn't, <laughs> and and I think I continue to need to to have my attitude adjusted. And and uh, some of the ways that 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 happened for me is to get a better sense of. The paradigm that I'm currently in, and so when we have traveled to uh, emerging economies and third world countries to learn about their way of life, and of course, all of us as human beings always make comparisons. You know, how do how are we compared to them? Uh, and it's kind of an us and them comparison, and being in um, some of the most remote parts of East Africa in the rainforest of Uganda, visiting uh, some of the tribal people there. Um, it gave me a sense of understanding, I guess, more than anything else, just, just how well off I have it and how well off and how blessed all of us are uh, in this culture that we live in. And, you know, um, I just wanted to share a story with you that helped me to get a a better attitude adjustment. And that is um, my wife and I were invited to help the Catholic nuns working at a leprosy hospital um, outside of Jinja, Uganda, and as we got out of the Land Rover that we were in and walked towards uh, a couple of huts. The um, The nuns there, the Catholic nuns were all decked out in white linen uh, uniforms. And uh, it was just such a, a beautiful thing to see the stark differential between their dark skin and this, this white linen that they were in. and as they approached as we walked together and as we approached these huts, they yelled uh, some interesting it was like a i don't know it was like a a, a village cry of some sort or a village um, um, announcement uh, it went something like this and uh, these these people came out of the huts and The first thing I noticed was they were missing parts of their hands, and several of them had no nose, and they were lepers. Um, And some of them were small Bush tribal people. And I was taken back because I'd never seen such a thing. And my wife kicked up her heels, and she increased her pace double towards them while I was taking three steps back. And she opened her arms and embraced those people. And as I experienced that, I thought, wow, you know, there's a person without guile, number one, and there's a person that understands the concept of love and and just uh, beyond what I ever imagined, so um I don't know that was kind of a defining moment for me because I was hesitant to <laughs> express myself the way she did, you know mm-hmm. in a situation in a situation like that, so you know she taught me a great deal about unconditional love and not and to be um non-judgmental or to to just not judge a book by its cover, as we've heard before, and she so she's taught me so many great lessons that way and and to increase us our sense of empathy for people uh, that come from different walks of life so now, when I see someone and it's and that someone is a stranger, I try really hard to look beyond the visual and look beyond the first impression and try and understand that, Hey, there's a lot more to all of us than meets the eye. And so I guess that's kind of a long, uh, securitist way in answering your question there. Sorry to be so wordy.
0: No, it's a great story. I, um, I think about that, you know, paradigm or frame of reference reset. I, uh, you know, on our show, we talk a lot about the charity we started called Child Rescue, trying to combat child sex trafficking. And I'd been working on that issue for five years before I um, went on this one trip down to Nicaragua and spent a week at an aftercare facility. And there's something about physically spending time with those people that you're you're trying to help that um, being involved in a charity in a more remote way can't do and it's not like I don't, you know, my mother-in-law is a trafficking survivor. I have other American friends, Canadian friends that are trafficking survivors. It's not like I didn't have any relationship with the community, but in that way of actually like staying there and, and physically living on site for the week and spending time going to the park with, with kids and moms and, um, this, uh, I don't know. I guess that a lot of the differences went away, you know, spending time with a little seven-year-old girl that reminded me exactly of my seven-year-old at home and finding out about the trauma that she'd been put through by some adults who were, you know, pretty selfish in my opinion. Right. Yeah. It was kind of like a life reset for me. Um, so I, I really, I don't know, when I was listening to your story, I was thinking about some, some of my perspective change and just maybe uh, a, a similar route of, you know, Going and physically doing service in person as kind of a a real tool to help me maybe be a little less self focused in life. Can you imagine,
1: Jess, if those leaders in our country, political uh, leaders that have positions of influence right now, if those people had the experience that y- you had, can you imagine how much better they would be at leading the rest of us um they empathy alone if if they could just kick up the scale of empathy in their own persona and their own um being it would make a world of difference don't you think
0: yeah i do um you know i mean so we're always asking guests on the show what advice they'd have for us at child rescue and attracting more people to want and get to want to get involved in the issue of of protecting children from trafficking. Um, Do you have any advice of ways that we could, could have people have more of an empathetic experience and maybe get more solidly tied to to helping this issue of protecting children?
1: Absolutely. Um, My wife has a, a little tagline that she likes to share. And that is, we learn to love those we serve. And I think that's so true. Um, if we can get outside of ourselves and our own troubles and reach out to others, and in this case, especially those that are vulnerable, that you know are underserved, and children fall into that category just by virtue of their dependency. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, and, and that's, I love the fact that you were involved in that and that you're still involved in that because that's so meaningful. It gives a great deal of purpose to our
0: lives. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think that's good advice for us to try to find, because we have a lot of people, whether it's, they listen to the show and they just email me or, um, you know, we, we run into them for different reasons. And uh, there's a lot of people that say, you know, hey, I feel like that's important. I'd like to get involved. And I'm not sure we've done as good a job as we could of giving them the opportunity to to personally serve. because um, I think that's a great point. But But I think it's not only just true in nonprofit or philanthropy. You know, you think about a business, you know, I'm guessing, you know, the point you guys are selling your medical company for $250 million that there was just you and your, there was more than just <laughs> you and your brother and your wife <laughs> bookkeeping at the time, you know, that there's staff, there's people that need to be taken care of and served as staff members, as coworkers in a business of that size.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and, and the wonderful uh, part to that is that if you look to this concept of we're all in this together all for one and one for all rather than, um, and, and I've always been an advocate of, of the flat style of management as opposed to the hierarchical top down form of management. Uh, but you know, we've really tried hard to, um, assimilate, um, stakeholders, individuals that are part of our organization, assimilate them into this, um, whatever it is enterprise for profit or non-profit in a way that they felt uh, a real part of that they felt ownership in i don't think you can build an organization that is really worth its salt unless every participant every stakeholder every contributor has a sense of well this is you know i'm part of this and, and i have a meaningful part and can make a meaningful contribution.
0: Hmm. I think that's one of my favorite things about, you know, methodology. I know you've studied on the, the lean, the organizational excellence side, the continuous improvement side of, you know, it's not just one person with a brain and a like the tyrant with a thousand helpers, like those methodologies that encourage, you know, respect at every level and, you know, thoughts and suggestions from everyone, like encouraging everyone to have their brain turned on at work. Uh, Absolutely. For sure. You know, another side I'd be interested in your opinion is um, I'd be interested in your thoughts about the role of like this empathy or looking past the surface in sales. You know, obviously, uh, for-profit organizations need clients, need customers. And yet there's such a negativity in society because we've all had someone who, uh, you know, they thought about us as a walking dollar sign at some point. Um, You know, they weren't interacting with us like a human being. Sure. Even though maybe they they thought they were fooling us, you know we 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 maybe didn't feel that human to human connection, and uh it kind of feels icky you know and there there's a lot of opportunities for manipulation and objectification in the sales process um, I'm interested in your thoughts of of the role of empathy or the role of looking past uh, the surface at someone when you're trying to attract clients well I think it's critically
1: important to, um, and and this is a simplification uh, of the whole uh, exercise, if you can put yourself in someone else's shoes, so to speak, and try and, and realize that they have their perspective on whatever this is that we're both looking at, whatever the... The objective or whatever the view is that we're both looking at together um, and try and get the view you know through their lenses when you're dealing with other people and it's a relationship of customer, vendor if if that's the relationship, then as a vendor, if you're not willing to look at a situation from the customer's perspective, then it's going to be very difficult to to continue a relationship, a meaningful relationship with that customer. Um, And so asking the right questions at the right time in the right sequence is a big part of gaining an understanding uh, or gaining the, the perspective of the customer
0: and you know i guess i feel like you know a sales meeting or pitch or whatever can can as you said earlier you know l- life can be like a dance that you learn as you go i feel like yeah. a, a sales meeting <laughs> is a little bit of a dance too you know like if you show up oh, with yeah. a rigid we're going to cover this than that it doesn't typically go too well um any advice for the guide of knowing or, or just principles or, or things that you would would have somebody keep in mind to know? when the right time to ask the right question is, is they're trying to secure a new client?
1: Yeah, well, it, that's a good question. I'm not sure um, I have a patented answer for that. I think it's a matter of being in tune with, again, the voice of the customer. What What is the customer um, interested in at this particular juncture? Did mm. they, just, they just come from one of the kids' soccer games, and um, if they did, okay, and you're sitting down now with them to talk about this newfangled software solution, um, to make that transition from the customer's perspective, look, I was just rooting and cheering for my kid at the soccer game, and, uh, you know, it was like 105 degrees out there, and now I'm coming into this air-conditioned office, and, Starting to unwind. I've lost my voice from yelling, you know, and cheering. <laughs> cheering. So, just being sensitive to and aware of circumstances and people's um situation, their current situation, you know.
0: No, I I loved the term you used when you called it being tuned in, um, because mm-hmm. I know, you know you have like a real natural curiosity and and i do feel like you're maybe above average at listening to people um a lot of us have our agenda and we can't wait to tell people about ourselves and you have maybe you know maybe this is natural maybe you've cultivated it but i do notice that you ask questions about what's going on for people right now and then you actually listen to the answers so i i can really see that as a guide for tuning into people um And maybe letting that be your guide of, you know, I I don't know if this is exactly what you said, but when you were talking, I kind of felt like you were saying like, be present with them and let that be your guide. Is that fair?
1: Oh, it's absolutely. There's a book, Jess, you just hit upon a key mm, factoid or a key uh, insight. There's a book out and the title is Presence. And it's all about being present with the current situation that you're in, um, you know. And uh, a lot of a lot of it is understanding what we don't know. So it's going back to what John Michael Montgomery said in his lyrics, you know. Hey, don't worry about what you don't know right now. Life's a dance you learn as you go. Um and w- the way we learn is by being empathetic, being authentic. And the reason we're asking someone questions about themselves is we earnestly want to know about them.
0: Uh is this Look, is this the everybody... book? Yeah, I just googled this as we were talking. Is this book uh Presence, bringing your boldest self to your biggest challenges. Amy Cuddy, does that sound right? Absolutely, absolutely. The kind of yellow with the wood stick figure guy. That's it. Okay, I'm I'm That's just buying one. I'm buying the audiobook now. That sounds awesome.
1: It's, no, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating.
0: Well, well, this has been great. We really appreciate you spending so much time and and telling us about the lessons you've learned, as these different things you've done and and are going on to do. So, um, really, uh, I think just. I'll encourage everybody to come see the cool stuff you guys are doing at Church and State. The website again, CS1893. I'm obviously a big fan as we've moved our offices down to be with you guys. And, uh, and you know, I'm interested to see the next version of, of what you guys become next.
1: Well, we're delighted to have you, Jess. Um, thank you so much. And uh, thanks for this opportunity to chat it up.
0: Okay. Thanks, Bye. See you. That was part two of our interview. If you missed part one, please go back an episode and download the episode before this one for the first half of the interview. As always, please check iCollective.co for show notes of things referenced during the interview and to learn more about our guest. And if you're interested, we'd love to have you learn more about the charity Child Rescue. Go to the menu page on iCollective and click on Child Rescue. Thanks so much.
1: Now is the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at The Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.